Hey, Hardies, I'm Casey. And I'm Cammy. Welcome to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Edify Films, where you can get fabulous When Calls the Heart merchandise, like my hat. And you can also get a fun When Calls the Heart game from our friends at the Bundle Game. Be sure to use discount code Hardy's Hotline for 10% off. We've got a fabulous episode for you today full of laughter, tears, and heart. So take a walk with us to Hope Valley and let's dive in. Welcome back, Hardy's! Uh, Wow, grab your oxygen tanks, your pacemakers, <laughs> grab like tissues if you need them, if you're that kind of person, but boy, oh boy, do we have a recap for you today. We are recapping with Pulse Heart, season eight, episode two, Honestly, Elizabeth, and I have here, of course, Cammy. Hi, everybody. I'm still uh, having a little trouble catching my breath. <laughs> as are we all and <laughs> we also have a super fan laura lynn Boozacruz, who is also known as colorado hardy on the social medias welcome hi hello hi. thank you for having me our thank special you. guest host <laughs> yes 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 and by the way before we dive into this very fun episode um Lauralyn has a fantastic blog you should check it out and what is the website can you share it's, that yes it's heartstrings and hallmark things.blogspot.com cool beats we will make sure to link it in the profile and trust me you want to read her stuff because it's so good and there's some things I'm like I did not even think about that so fun so 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 oh, fun. thank you <laughs> you're welcome okay so so, you guys, we are just going to cut to the chase because let's be honest. Now, this episode, we were just like bopping around Hope Valley, like, okay, you know, everything's great. Everything's Everything great. Everything was cool. Everything yeah. was fine. It was super sweet. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Joseph Canfield came to town, and everybody was so welcoming. Just going right along, going right along. Elizabeth's getting her manuscript edited, <laughs> and she's buddying up to Helen Bouchard. And that relationship, we all thought that was going to be the whole like boom moment, but you know, that was a small boom compared to the big Tiny. boom at fifty-seven minutes. The, uh, the, the, uh, the sonic nuclear boom. Yes. <laughs> the boom heard round the world. <laughs> We're going to start at the boom <laughs> because I don't know about you guys, but I, I did not see that coming. And I know Twitter didn't see that coming either. <laughs> So nope. <laughs> initial thoughts after the big reveal, the last three minutes of this episode, initial thoughts before uh, dive in. Uh, I was absolutely shocked. Like, I'm pretty sure I was staring at the screen, mouth open, just going, what? What is <laughs> happening? This is so soon. Oh, my word. <laughs> Well, that was kind of on repeat through my mind all night. <laughs> so those are my initial thoughts. 
Cammy. Um, okay. I thought when he said, I know you feel the same way I do. I thought he was going to kiss her or at least try, you know, that, that gaze was intense and you could almost see him leaning in. And I, I thought he, he's going to kiss her. He's going to kiss her. And I was mentally preparing myself for that. And then she said, I can't and got up on the horse and I went, Oh, okay. And then he goes, Elizabeth, I'm in love with you. And I dropped my phone. <laughs> I was watching it in the wee early hours in the morning of the morning. I was watching it with you, Casey, mm-hmm. and, I, and our friend Jess. And I had, I had them on my video messenger chat. And I dropped my phone. I'm like, oh, oh. And I picked it back up. And I'm going, oh, what? What? And Jess. Just said, breathe, Cammy, breathe. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. He said, he said it twice and he used her name both times, which is huge in my book. And not only that, pardon me, everybody, I'm going to get Hallmark racy here for a moment. <laughs> but the tone in Kevin's voice. It dropped. The pitch dropped and he got that gravelly, dramatic, emotional quality, which frankly was kind of hot, just kind of hot. (laughs) And I just, I was going, oh my gosh, I was trying to recover from the fact that he had said it. And then in the way he said it, I was, I don't know if I can take this. (laughs) It's episode two. (laughs) So, um, Initial reaction from Hook Tardy. Yes. Yeah. Here yeah. comes the roller coaster. Yeah, no kidding. I was like, like I said, bopping along Hope Valley. Like, all right, this is good. And, you know, they have their, their meaning in the woods. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And then my jaw dropped and I'm still trying to find it. And this is Monday night. I can't find my jaw that's been dropped on the floor and my head has blown to smithereens. I'm the little emoji with the... Yeah, accurate. Accurate. Very accurate. Because episode two. Episode two. Yeah. I thought the stakes were... Of 12. I know. That's episode 10 stuff, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I got... I have to tell you, I have to tell you, um, we got the biggest honor. John Tinker messaged us, which is, wow, amazing. And he said something so fun. He's, he said, let me find it. He said, yes, the first episode was jammed, but I have to say this season is jammed. Mr. Tinker, yes. <laughs> yes. We we bow down. Because it yes. is jammed. It's jammed. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. So, let's, let's, we all know what happened. We all know, if you're listening to this recap, you obviously know what happened in Sunday night's episode with Nathan and Elizabeth. So, Before we dive into that, one thing that stuck out to me 
is this theme of, or this trope, I should say, the trope of a confession of love and a breakup in the middle of a love story. Technically, it's not a breakup, but... It's a separation it's a separa- of yes, a separation. That's a good way of putting folks. it. Yes. <laughs> Technically, they were not on a break. And I'm sure Nathan is, is fine. But anyways, um anyways, the separation. There there are I thought about this. This is one thing that really I started really thinking about because there's a formula to these stories. There's a formula to love stories. There's a formula to love triangles. Absolutely. Different tropes. So Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if there was a specific breakup, breakup or separation of um, two people that are kind of um, resembling or a resemblance of this. Like for me personally, and you all know, if you've been here a while, you all know I am a huge 1985 and 1987 Anne of Green Gables, Kevin Sullivan version fan. What? Mm-hmm. Yep, I know, big shocker. <laughs> but, but in Anne of Avonlea or Anne of Green Gables, the sequel, when Gilbert proposes to Anne the first time, oh my they separate. And yes. it's very reminiscent of this because he he basically pours out his heart to her and she's like, I can't. No, yeah. you're gonna ruin everything. And then she It would runs be for off. all the wrong reasons, Gil. <sighs> <laughs> I hope he breaks your heart, whoever he is. And maybe mean, you'll come to your senses. Oh, <laughs> uh, that scene. We're we're not at all familiar with this film. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just tried to memorize the lines this morning, but but that the scene that came to my head it very it was very reminiscent of that that whole story there and with Anne she was running she was running to like her ideals and like in the movies it's Morgan Harris she doesn't realize it at that point but it's Morgan Harris and then in the books it's Roy Gardner who is also very like well-to-do and affluent and neither guy is a terrible guy it was just not the right one for Anne and so I was wondering did you guys think of any like did any classic stories come to mind with Pride and Prejudice Mm -hmm. yeah Pride and Prejudice Darcy comes in he proposes marriage and he says you must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you and Elizabeth, ironically, I, Elizabeth just goes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to. <laughs> I'm sorry that I do not return these feelings, but no, <laughs> I believe I believe he says. I beg you to end my suffering and become my wife. And then he and then he immediately starts telling her about how his family doesn't approve and how he's going against his own better judgment. You know, and, and, but she should marry him anyway. And she said, um, in situations like these, I believe it is set, it is expected to express a sense of obligation but I cannot (laughs) and it's all crash and burn from there and then of course this is one of the greatest love stories of all time and in all literature so of course they end up falling in love and getting married so Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good Laurelyn. Um, so what came to mind for me immediately was the story North and South. Um, mm, yes. I think it's by Elizabeth Gaskell. Very yes. Pride and Prejudice-y, just a little darker. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, the, the main characters are John and Margaret. And John is just very Darcy-like, I guess, for lack of a better word. A, I would say he's harsher than Darcy. He's yeah. definitely harsher. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, it's a dark version of Pride yeah. and Prejudice but you know he's he's um fairly reserved he's distant but he's also emotional it's kind of that weird combination um and I mean Margaret just does not like him from the get-go mm-hmm. whatsoever and then halfway through the movie and I presume the book I haven't actually read the book I've just seen the movie um he asks her to marry him out of the blue and you're like uh what <laughs> like, what just <laughs> happened how how I mean obviously he cared for her but marriage and I love you and like she's just blown away because she doesn't even like him mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's not a matter of oh yeah she has feelings for him it's no she does not like this guy um so obviously she turns him down and it that's kind of that for a time but then they start she starts falling for him through the rest of the movie and obviously it's a happy ending so yeah it reminded me a lot of this Nathan and Elizabeth scene except obviously Elizabeth clearly has feelings for Nathan so there's a difference there but mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah, my the, the thing that immediately came to mind like and Nathan and is a heck of a lot sweeter than a lot of these characters <laughs> yeah, we're talking no about <laughs> so much sweeter I mean yes. if we can if we can fall for if we can fall for Darcy and uh, another one I think you said Laurelyn was um uh Jane Austen or Jane Jane Eyre Jane Eyre Eyre. thank you oh my gosh yes yes and so if we can if we can fall for characters like Rochester and Darcy then I think that it's a lot easier to fall for a character like Nathan oh absolutely (laughs) Nathan is easily the most likable of the bunch oh (laughs) I mean Nathan is not perfect by any means oh no but it is interesting how all of these guys are very kind of similar. They're like hiding in their feelings. And then all of a sudden it's like. Well, not Gilbert. I, I wouldn't. I don't Gilbert, think that Gilbert. He hides his feelings, but he's he's yeah. much more softer. Yes. He has a much he has a yeah. much sweeter temperament. Oh, than, yes. Gilbert than and Rochester. Nathan. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, Gilbert and Nathan yeah. are probably more on the same playing field. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Or like they're on the same branch of the same, the big tree, you know, all these guys are part of this tree. And then there's like Gilbert and Nathan on one end of the branch. And then you got another branch up here. Got like the Darcy's and, you know, the Rochester's and all of them. And then you have poor, poor Teddy from Little Women. He's at the top because like that was another breakup. But depending on how you look at it, because there are a lot of people who are still Laurie and Joe shippers out there. Oh, depending yeah. on how you look they, at that. Absolutely. They should have ended up together. Oh, this is another podcast oh. for another day. Oh, but but, for another day. But all that to say is it's just interesting how there's there is kind of that commonality that runs through a lot of these these guys who like pour their heart out in the middle of a love story and then they are um you know 
they're rejected no rejected (laughs) and then you know it just kind of the the path the journey continues back the road back to you now 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 casey we're only on episode two now so (laughs) yes i'm being very presumptuous i i I know this could end up like a joe uh, and and Lori situation i i have i i do understand that i do understand that but so good that out i thought that was i thought that was something that was interesting now what would you guys say is driving elizabeth what is driving her to like run away memories fear definitely fear that was my immediate thought oh yeah memories of jack and me and this is this is what told me that she does have feelings for nathan besides the obvious you mean a lot to me but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i may have written it down (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh where where is it it would just hurt too much if I lost you the way I lost Jack. That is so telling. It is very telling. It is very telling. And, because you know, we all know how much, how much she loved Jack. And I how mean, it broke her to lose him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no matter what team you're on, you cannot deny after a statement like that that she does actually have feelings for both of these men mm-hmm. because it's, you know, throughout the dates and stuff like that, we kind of getting the picture that she does have feelings for Lucas and that she's very flattered by all of the attention and everything like that. But we haven't seen her in a dating setting with Nathan. And so that's why I almost think that this had to happen because he has had a realization that life is short with almost getting shot. And then she is still in the old habit of pushing aside things that uh, pushing aside reactions Mm -hmm. to things that are happening to him, not going out to dinner with him. And we didn't get to see the reaction with the flowers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this this was his moment where fine i'm gonna get it all out because you need to hear this (laughs) so but yeah if she um if she is saying that it would hurt too much to lose him the way she lost jack that that shows that she does have feelings for him Mm -hmm. and they run deep yeah so absolutely I I was just going to kind of um going back to the what's driving her I think fear is the main factor and um ever since Nathan showed up on the scene you know way back in season 6 I was thinking like at some point if he is a viable option to win Elizabeth's heart she is going to have to face that fear of loving another mountie potentially and we hadn't seen it like there was nothing for two seasons and now all of a sudden after Nathan almost gets shot and she realizes she could have lost him she is seemingly overwhelmed by this fear I mean it drove all her actions in that scene um and it 
it, you know, it made her say that she can't be with him because she's too afraid to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, I've been really wanting to see that. It, it's kind of heartbreaking because, you know, last episode ended on her breaking a date, which just, oh, that was hard. Three then, steps away <laughs> from the I know. <laughs> It was so close. They were almost there. So that hurt. <laughs> And then in this episode, he's pouring out his heart and she can't, she can't return his feelings because she's scared. So as painful as it might be for however much longer this goes on this season, I think it's good. And I think it's important that she really faces those fears and that she allows herself to choose not to be afraid I mean whether she chooses Nathan or not she can't make a decision in fear that isn't Elizabeth Mm -hmm. she's very strong she's very courageous and I think this is going to help her to really grow and it's going to be good to watch like I said probably painful to watch but also good yeah I mean she is she's under a lot of emotional stress and when you go into emotional stress and you may have seen um our post on the instagram about something called an amygdala hijack that is when you your your brain goes into one of three modes you either fight you either flight or you freeze and when elizabeth if you look if you watch back all seven and up seasons and now these last two from season eight elizabeth's nature is not to fight it's to run and so that's one thing to keep in mind too and you know if you're thinking why is she keep, why does she keep running away i mean like look at look at the past several seasons i mean her the the horse galloping away into the the land that jack bought in season five that's her running she's running from her emotions she's running away from the situation she's running away from hope valley because she's mourning the fact that jack died and she's under a lot of stress you know it's not until she gets into this healthy state that she actually does start fighting for what she wants but under stress she definitely freezes and flies away so that was one other thing that i really noticed about elizabeth and then speaking of her her um her fear, her biggest fear. Now, going back to season two in the mine with Jack, there's a lot of parallels there. And I actually went back to watch that, that scene with her and Jack. And I'm not going to, I wrote, I I did write it all down, but one thing, (laughs) Laura Lynn, you kind of touched on it is um, she saw, she thought Nathan got shot. Mm -hmm. She thought Nathan died. And she tells Jack in the mine, when I saw that man point that gun at you, it was like, I couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe. It was like my whole world was in slow motion. What if he'd shot you? Then Jack says he didn't. And then she says, but what if he did? It scared me, Jack. It scares me to think that one day you might not come home. That, um, that what happened to your father could happen to you. I need to be able to sleep at night knowing you're safe. I will be safe. You can't guarantee that no one can. And then Jack goes on to say that he's good at his job. But then she goes on and she says, I don't know if I'm brave enough to spend my life with someone as brave as you. Yep. And then she goes on to tell him, I'm telling you, I'm afraid of losing you. And I'm afraid of, I'm I'm afraid afraid you're you're going to die. And he says, nobody knows tomorrow. 
And she didn't, Jack did not die by gunshot. He died by an accident. And so for Elizabeth Mm -hmm. to have had that fear in the past in season two with Jack and then her husband dies and then she thinks Nathan died because he was shot it's that's a lot of like triggering moments that's a lot of triggering and the other big thing is it's not just her now it's her son Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I think is really driving Elizabeth is she has concern for her son she wants to be she doesn't I don't think she wants to be alone anymore romantically you know um Rosemary said it your heart is opened and I don't, I think that she is ready to find love again, but this time she's got another life depending on her. And that scene was in the very beginning was the sweetest thing. Who is that? Jack? Is that your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was oh, the, cue the tears. It was so sweet and so tender. And it was a reminder. It was a reminder of what she had gone through and what happened before little Jack was even a star in the sky, much less a baby in her arms. And what she could go through again and what her son could go through if she got involved with another Mountie and that Mountie got killed. Mm-hmm. Her son would lose another father. So that's, it's not just fear for her, I think, although that's a huge chunk of it. it she's, she's not just playing her own game. She's playing with the life of another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With this story and with us talking about fear and with Elizabeth talking about how brave Jack was and these running themes of fear there is another little nugget here that you had to really be paying attention to and remembering all the details with this this theme and it is a certain item that Nathan gave to Elizabeth mm-hmm. Laurelyn would you like to go on oh I would yes um <laughs> so the plaque right the one that he Mm -hmm. gave her in season six that always do what you are afraid to do I so want that to come back I ever since he gave it to her and like as I've mentioned before wanting to see Elizabeth face her fears I've wanted that plaque to somehow play a role in her overcoming her fear and opening her heart to loving Mm -hmm. so yes I am so hopeful and hearing what we've heard so far about how John Tinker and the writers have been incorporating things from other seasons and like bringing things back. Delving, delving yeah. into past seasons. Exactly. Just... I can't imagine that just goes away. It just seems too perfect to not use again. Um, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be used, but it's got to come back, right? I mean, am I well, the only supposed, one who wants supposedly, to come back? <laughs> supposedly it's hanging in the library. So Exactly. Yeah. I'll, never, I'll never forget when, you know, when Lucas and Elizabeth are having that moment and the plaque is right over Lucas. <laughs> 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 like Nathan was watching him. <laughs> like, oh, man. 
man poor Lucas <laughs> Yeah. So, so it's there in a place that she frequents. I mean, presumably we haven't seen her in it yet this season, but I mean, it's gotta come back. That's just, I keep going back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, Aaron Krako did say, you know, look for the little breadcrumbs, look for Mm -hmm. the trail, track it, track Track it, track the relationship. And Mm -hmm. so that's definitely something to also keep in mind with this because it is a, it's a legitimate fear. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there were, it, it, let's translate it to today. It, I live in a military town. There's, there are, there are tragedies with our military in which people lose a spouse, but then that person marries that person, another person in that same field. Yeah. And so there, there's a there's a lot of parallels that you could even take to today. I, I don't think it's cheapening a relationship as much as it's making Elizabeth stronger mm-hmm. and it's showing that she can be brave. It's just a matter for her is catching up with her heart because right now her heart and her brain are in like two separate places. Mm-hmm. She's a very rational, level-headed person elizabeth at this point in life is not a she's not like rosemary where like everything's like theatrical and you know just a big old play she's not like rosemary Rosemary upon her arrival we should probably say right upon her (laughs) arrival yeah Yeah. i mean of course of course these characters have grown but what i'm saying is like or julie who (laughs) thinks everything's a fairy tale or just you know they're Elizabeth has always been level-headed always mm-hmm. since the moment she set foot in Hope Valley now she was young she was slightly more immature she was very inexperienced but he made mistakes she made mistakes mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that she wasn't like level-headed that's just who she is she's a level-headed rational person and this is not rational for her to, right. to, to fall in love with somebody who could possibly be killed again is not rational for her and so her heart and her mind are just separated and they've got to catch up whatever that means for her if that means that she needs to that needs to catch up and then she goes with Lucas fine so be it same thing Nathan fine so be it but right now girlfriend is girlfriend is struggling Mm -hmm. so are we going to talk about the possible solution to that issue that Nathan offered let's talk about that Cammie that was the first gasp that I did (laughs) because that was when things I thought got serious when when Nathan said that he would give up the Mounties for her yes when he said I would quit I'd quit the Mounties my husband thinks that that is completely irrational and he (laughs) told our daughters if anybody ever says that they would quit something for you you run away well come on okay but I have a question about that I have a legitimate question about that do you think this was Nathan just like saying it to get her or it just came out or do you think spouting off was he spouting off or Mm -hmm. was this something that has been brewing in the back of his head and it all of a sudden just came out you know how sometimes you have these thoughts Oh, and yeah. then something mm-hmm. just pushes it out of your mouth and you're just kind of like, I have no idea where that came from. Yeah. I think he's considering it. 
I think he is seriously considerate, considering it, and he has been for a while because he's getting ready to adopt his niece. Mm-hmm. And there is something very, very permanent about being the adopted father and not just the guardian. Because that piece of paper is going to become very, very binding. It's going to make them immediate family. Mm -hmm. And it's going to solidify a lot of things. And he doesn't want to lose that. And so while I do think it was probably a bit of an impulsive thing to say, I don't think it was an entirely impulsive thought because he's already considering it. In my opinion, he's already considering quitting the Mounties for the sake of his almost adopted daughter and having Elizabeth in the mix. And you don't want to lose another Mountie? Fine, I'll quit because I'm thinking about it anyway. I love you and I would do that for you, which is kind of another thing that Jack Jack was willing to put his career in jeopardy but Mm -hmm. he didn't want to quit the Mounties he was in in season one he was willing to take the risk to put his career in jeopardy in season one but this is this is a very different situation because Jack didn't want to quit the Mounties Mm -hmm. so yeah what do you think Laurelyn I totally agree with Cammie I think he has had this on his mind for some time, um, yes, because of Allie and the desire to adopt her and give her a stable, you know, something where she's not constantly worried about him. Um, but I also think Elizabeth plays a role in that as well. Um, I mean, he knows the story she has shared with him about Jack. Um, you know, she he knows that it's a fear of hers, and I think that in the moment it was impulsive um I don't think that was something he would have said if it wasn't you know a stressful situation um but I do agree and think that he has thought about it before um I don't think he'll end up leaving uh but if he did I mean I think it'd be okay um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, you know, because I mean, Kevin McGarry did say that Nathan thinks about what he'd be willing to sacrifice to be with Elizabeth. And clearly his job is one of those things he's willing to sacrifice. Um, and I just love that he puts family and love ahead of his job. Um, like, I, I know Jack loved Elizabeth dearly and I know they had a very strong love story, but the Mounties kind of came first for him. And I think for Nathan, they come second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely does not seem as, I don't want to say committed because he's fully committed to right. his job and his duty and his honor. And he loves it. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. He does. He loves the job. But he's definitely not as entrenched, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't think that he's as entrenched He's not as passionate about the Mounties as Jack was. I think you're, I think you're definitely right. The family comes first because I mean, he's a parent figure and Jack was not. Right. 
and, and he could have easily just been like sorry mom you're gonna have to find somebody else for Allie I mean right. what bachelor is going to walk six years for six years yeah. <laughs> for six years I mean yeah. that is and, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory thing like men are never going to take care of their nieces but it's just there is a there it's it's different it's there's it's a very different there is a bond and like my husband and I, we would do anything, anything for our nephews and nieces, but there, but that's, that there's a bond there. There's like there it's, it's different. I can't explain it, but it's like, if it were just any, if I were, if I were not close to my, my brother or my, in, my sibling-in-law is like, I don't know, that's, that's kind of a lot to ask, especially, you know, if we were so, so young, but like at this point in life, like, yeah, we would do anything for those kids. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, ah, it's so, it's such a difficult and tricky and complicated emotional situation that we're dealing here with Nathan. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I'm thinking back to with Jack, Jack became a Mountie. Why? Because, because his, his father. dad was a Mountie. Mm-hmm. He was used to that life. His dad was his hero. He wanted to be just like his dad. Yeah. The opposite goes for Nathan. And it kind yeah. of indicated that Nathan did not want to become a Mountie just for the heck of it to be cool and to wear a red surge and to be, you know, a, a Canadian <laughs> law enforcement person and serve honor and duty. It seemed more the fact that he wanted to be a Mountie because he wanted to do what's right and break that cycle because his dad was such a gambler and he exactly. wasted their money and he was jailed several times. And it just seems to me that that's probably, that's another driving force for Nathan not to be as like married to his job in a sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because it's been those values and morals have been instilled in him. Yeah. And he, and he has taught those morals and values to Allie as well. Right. So yeah, definitely. Now I have a question. The whole settling down thing. Nathan says, I think it's time I settle down. He is living very comfortably in a row house. It's just the two of them. You know, if he, if he and Elizabeth were engaged or almost engaged, that I would think kind of is motivation for buying land and building a house. But that row house is perfectly suitable for the two of them. My thought is that if he buys land, it's further proof that he's putting down roots in town and not just renting a house. But yep. that's that's my question for you, ladies. Is is there anything beyond that? Do you think? I think what you just said is the main part. I mean, it's not likely that he owns his row house, right? Because those are it's rented, probably. It is yeah. rented. Yeah. So it's technically not his. Um, it's not their home. It's their temporary residence that they could be kicked out of any time, in theory. Um, so the fact that he wants to get his own land and presumably build his own house does show that he wants to put down roots in Hope Valley. He wants to make it a home for him and Allie permanently. And 
I'm sure he hopes Elizabeth will be a part of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, when he said, I can totally see us living there. And then he quickly corrects himself. Allie with, and I. Me and Allie. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm, Nathan, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we know what you were thinking of. <laughs> yeah. If you have to correct yourself, you were thinking something else. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's exactly that. I think it's the fact that he is putting down roots and he's buying property and he's going to make Hope Valley his home for he and Allie Mm -hmm. regardless what that means for his love life I think ultimately right now the forefront person in his mind is really Allie he's adopting her he's making her a permanent person in his immediate family he's buying he's thinking about buying land and settling roots I mean you know and we we know from one of the Christmas movies that putting down roots is very important for Allie it's very very important especially as she grows older and she's becoming like a young lady and it's hard for having kids having her to change. first crush i mean you know <laughs> we'll see how <laughs> that goes um but yeah i think i think there's just a lot there with with nathan and putting buying land regardless of what his love life looks like and nathan's enthusiasm for the land his oh, eyes were shining so oh my word i i mean that that was the cutest thing just bill's land is beautiful he practically hops off his horse you know (laughs) bill's land is beautiful there's a clearing and it's just a short walk to the river so Allie and i could go fishing it's perfect wow this man is really passionate about land (laughs) about this parcel of land and of course it probably did not hurt that he was talking to a very beautiful woman in whom he is incredibly interested yes yeah let's go there let's go to what you were really about to say okay so you mean the one that he's in love with and that he loves <laughs> yes that that <laughs> yes yes laurelin's getting giddy there ah uh, yes <laughs> so i thought it was shocking enough that they were having this conversation like now in the woods I mm-hmm. thought it was already like mind blowing that he said they were admitting how much they cared for each other. And I was so darn sure she was going to get up on that horse and then say, peace. <laughs> but what he stops her and he tells her, <laughs> he basically tells her, don't go. Oh, and she yeah. says, huh? Well, then don't go, Elizabeth. Look, I know you feel the same way that I do. Ooh. And then what she says, I can't. I can't. She doesn't say I won't. She said, mm-hmm. I, she didn't say, yeah. she, like, I don't. She mm-hmm. said that she can't, meaning can't. she physically cannot let herself go there. And then he says, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm in love with you. Elizabeth, I love you. I mean, jaw drop, jaw drop. <sighs> Jump. Still and his voice fight. cracked in the second one too when he said, the, "I love you." The gravelly so emotion. Yes, yes, the gravelly quality yes. that I was talking about. Oh my gosh! I don't know how Elizabeth resisted it. Right? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, so looking at it objectively, if this were somebody else, if this were Lucas. 
if this like honestly would would you have reacted the same way i mean if the tables were turned if the tables were turned i would have been just as shocked that he said it so openly so soon i would have been i would have been just as shocked that because you know even even when they started talking they were still dancing around it you know mm-hmm. you mean mm-hmm. a lot to me you and ally i'm sensing that you want something more than friendship I never tried to hide it. They're still dancing. You know, they're, yeah. they're still dancing around it. They're still tiptoeing around it. They're not saying it. He said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, that near-death experience has made him bold and embrazened, and he's not going to lose any opportunity to tell her exactly how he feels because he knows what it was like to almost die. Mm-hmm. And... And so he does not want this opportunity to escape from him. This is what, this is kind of the way I pictured Jack reacting after he had pneumonia in season three. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I pictured him running to her in season four, dropping down to one knee and begging her to marry him. You know, and so, you know, just, I almost died. I am not living one more day without you. Please be my wife. Now, obviously, Nathan did not say that, but baby steps, you know? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess my question really is from what is we've a seen. Difference? Yeah. And from what we've seen, we've seen a lot of Lucas and Elizabeth moments. Yes. Now, now disclaimer, everybody has a different love language. Everybody has a different type. Everybody has a different mm. preference. Um, so with that being said, we see a lot more uh, with the dates with Lucas. We, even though he doesn't call it a date, like they are dates, um, you know, <laughs> the, the great the, people, they're dates, <laughs> the, the, gra- the, the gestures, the flowers, the, the obvious caring for her manuscript and uh, her writing and different things like the autograph book. Right. Uh, yeah. You would think that those would lead up to a, a very intimate moment with Lucas and Elizabeth but it was Nathan first Mm -hmm. that actually took me by surprise because I I didn't I didn't picture Lucas saying I love you but the fact that Nathan declared his feelings first threw me for a complete loop Mm -hmm. because even I, I still, if it had been Lucas, I still would have been surprised. I still would have been surprised that, uh, that he said it so soon. I still would have been surprised that he said it so soon, but it wouldn't have surprised me as much because he's that forward of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Laurelyn? Um, well, to be honest, I'd kind of been operating under the assumption that no one was in love with anyone yet um I figure like I knew Nathan was falling I knew Lucas is likely falling I did not expect a declaration of love from either man at this point in the series so the fact that Nathan actually told her that he loved her surprised me for more than one reason and you know one of those reasons being 
I just did not see that coming. Um, I wonder if Lucas is going to at some point this season, like if he would tell her that he loved her. Um, I don't know if I believe that he is, but again, I didn't think Nathan was and apparently he is. So <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't know what to think. Um, but I do agree that, well, maybe I shouldn't say I agree that I'm it, I would have expected Lucas to say it first because he kind of keeps things more close to the vest, so to speak. Like he's clear that he cares for Elizabeth and he's making these gestures toward her, but he's not overly emotional. Nathan has been emotional from the time we knew he was attracted to Elizabeth. It's like a lot more emotional, a lot more like everyone in the town knew when Lucas and Elizabeth went to Union City that Nathan was going to react. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's hiding his feelings or maybe he's not even trying. Like he's just an open book. That man wears his heart on his sleeve. So in hindsight, it doesn't surprise me anymore that he said he loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be very interested going forward to see how Lucas navigates his emotions with Elizabeth. And if anything is said to the effect of love from him to her. Yeah. I want to know what Elizabeth and Nathan are going to say to each other the first time they see each other next week. Yeah. Awkward. Just a little. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think that they're going to avoid each other and then the explosion is going to drive them back together and it's going to be a very much like... Uh hey, you call for help. Hey, you grab my horse. Hey, yeah. we got to go. It, it'll be one of those uh, things. And that's going to kind of good point. get them parallel again. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, interesting points. Now, I have some interesting thoughts about something. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to forewarn you all. Um, this may be completely bonkers. This may be something that the writers did not even think of. Intend. Intend. However, my husband, who you all know is not a hardy, at least that's what he says he's not. We'll see because now it's been two weeks out of two that he's watched this episode with me now. Okay. <laughs> so, Conversion. <laughs> so after dinner tonight um and this is monday that we're recording this episode we're talking i was talking to him about this because i was getting ready to podcast about it and you know what i was like you know he's probably gonna tease me about this i'm just gonna i'm gonna be open and to see what he has to say and one thing that i kept thinking of tonight is this really weird side story about robert and the horse first i think we can all agree it's a little bonkers that a 14 15 year old boy who wants to be a mountie who grew up on the prairie has never ridden a horse before how you said it not me because i was thinking the exact same thing but here's the thing i kept thinking about that scene i was like okay first they show it in the previews then we see it and it's like literally a very short thing like is this like why why is this a storyline like why is this part of this episode when we could have had more of Lucas we could have had more of Helen we could have had more of like anybody else 
but in Wudo, we had to get a really random, like, 60-second storyline of Robert and a runaway horse. But, okay, setting the stage, setting the stage for this. When Elizabeth sees the runaway horse, she had just gotten done speaking with Nathan at the mercantile. The, the, the calling of the heart music is playing in the background. It's true. Everything is a somewhat peaceful. She has this kind of like, what did I just say? Look on her face. But all of a sudden, Robert, like, or Rosemary, Robert flies by. Rosemary's like, Robert, no, no. Um, so like, there's all of this. And I feel like there's a parallel. And I could be crazy, but I feel like there's a parallel between the horses and Elizabeth and her earner turmoil. Like, does this showcase Elizabeth's inner turmoil? And let me let me go further. This is also my husband. Like, he came up with half of this, and I was like, <gasps> writing down things. Okay, so Robert is riding Sergeant, who was Sergeant's owner. It was Jack. Jack. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth grabs Newton, who is Nathan's Nathan. horse. Yes. So first, first analogy here. Robert wants to ride the horse, but he isn't ready. Elizabeth wants to move on, but she too is also not ready. There's there's the one story parallel right there. Okay. The other thing is, now this was kind of mind blowing for me, but why did Sergeant take off? It's because there was an exterior factor that made him jolt. Just like Jack, Jack died at no fault or it was not of his doing. It was exterior circumstances that made Jack, that, that took Jack from us. And so Elizabeth also had control of the reins when she was taking Robert and leading him. And she was also holding on to Newton. So it's like she wants both controls, but she just can't like, let go and she can't take the reins of her heart so like there's other things there too and not only that but when she this is all this is maybe a little too far but when she passes jesse and joseph in the streets and she's like you know chasing after sergeant also could be taken as chasing after her heart is chasing after jack while she's still on newton nathan's horse she passes by joseph canfield and okay joseph is going to hope valley for a new beginning meanwhile jack's horse runs past nathan's horse is horse is running past and we did see earlier that Joseph, when he was when his car got stuck in that spot, he takes his things and he starts singing it as well. It as well is a very popular hymn written by Horatio uh, Spafford, and it was written after the tragic loss of his four daughters who died in a shipwreck, essentially. And the hymn goes, "When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows." roll whatever my heart uh, thou hast taught me to sing it is well it is well with my soul 
And this whole story, there was a storm in the beginning. There's these billowing stormy emotions in Elizabeth. And then we not only begin with Jack in a storm, we also end with Elizabeth going to Jack's land. And mm -hmm. Jack, like, why are we suddenly now talking about Jack and Sergeant? You know what I'm saying? Like in season seven, there were like little inklings here and there and et cetera. But like, there was this whole theme of fear and bravery and storms and like, and Jack, like, you know, bookcasing the entire episode. And so like, is... I mean, it could be coincidental and I could be like completely making stuff up. And John Tinker, if you think I'm crazy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant if this is really a thing. But it's just, it's very interesting to me because I feel like that whole Robert scene and Robert, the runaway horse is symbolic of Elizabeth and her heart and where it's going. And it's in a couple places because she is still trying to hold on to Jack and she's still trying and she's trying to move on too. And like, why would she take Nathan's horse? I mean, yeah, it was right there, but she could have easily gone and yelled at somebody else to grab a horse at the stable. Mm -hmm. She could have easily gone to the stable and like gone after him. But no, she, without thinking, hopped on Nathan's horse and then took after Sergeant. Mm -hmm. So that was our very intense 30 minute discussion while I was eating some delicious Publix ice cream and <laughs> stuff. What do you guys think? That, wow. <laughs> if, if that is intentional, that is insanely brilliant. And I mean, wow. I'm going to have to chew on this. I don't know that I can give an actual response right now. But um, yeah, if that is, that, that's a lot you guys got out of that. And that is amazing. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> and the other thing too, Robert thought it would be just as easy to just sit on the horse. It's not as easy. Like he realized there, like, I can't just sit on here. I like, I actually have to learn how to ride this horse. I have to learn how to take the reins. I have to learn how to control the horse. I can't just sit on here and give it a little kick and like, Ooh, here we go. You know, it doesn't just like trot. It'll go, it'll just take off. And I feel like yeah. Elizabeth's the same way. Like she can't just get up on the horse and I, and I feel like horses are also kind of symbolic because there was another person in Hope Valley, Jack's mom even said, was talking about horses in analogy with love. So, I mean. You could very well be onto something. Because <laughs> it felt like a very random scene. I, it did. Like, why are it, you going to waste, what, yeah, 180? Why waste a minute? Wait, right. Why waste a minute yeah. in an episode if it's meant for not? Like, and every yeah. other storyline with kids have always had to do with some kind of lesson it's Elizabeth and the kids and they're teaching about honesty and we're teaching them about being kind and we're teaching them about you know that's the running theme with the kids but this one was so weird and random and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way it was just like why this the kids yeah. like why couldn't just be like you know like Timmy and Anna and um what's her name Emily Laura? Emily yes oh, Emily Emily and Laura they're just like Hey, Mrs. Thornton, do, 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 you know, like, why did we have to have this runaway horse scene? Mm -hmm. And we never even got to see Elizabeth return Newton, you know, like, yeah. there, there's just, I don't know. I don't that know. Was my, that was my thought is, does Nathan even know that she took him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. In those photos that 
you know, the promo photos, it showed a lot of people clapping as she's walking back into town or riding back into town. We don't see that. But mm-hmm. it had like, you know, all these people, Carson, Faith, Hickam, Fiona, they were all there and clapping. So, I mean, presumably Nathan would have known, but we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We have Probably. no idea what the reaction was. Yeah. Any other thoughts there? That was a lot thrown at. <laughs> if it wasn't, if it wasn't on purpose, then you've got a very creative mind, my dear. <laughs> I will take that as the compliment, and I will tell my husband that too, especially since he's not a hardy. Uh, so he says. So he says. <laughs> Parties. If you caught any horse analogies and love, let us know. Or you can let me know that we're crazy. But I mean, I think it makes sense. <laughs> let me know your thoughts. I really want to know what you all think about this runaway horse and Elizabeth's heart, and if it is if it's all interconnected and stuff. So let us know on the interwebs. And we know that. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, we are very surprised that we've talked so much about three minutes of this episode. <laughs> five, five. Okay, five, five minutes. minutes of this episode. But I mean, there was just, there was a lot to unpack. And I think bravo to the writers for surprising us. And we just did not realize that there is going to be so much to unpack and unravel. So, um, and I know you guys are like, well, what about the rest of the town? Here's the thing. Come back tomorrow. Cause you guys get a double dose of Hope Valley. This week. <laughs> All right. Hardies. We will see you guys on the Instagrams and on the Twitter at Hardies Hotline. And stay tuned for what we think about the rest of the town. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.